0: Well, good morning. It is great to be together today, whether you are joining us in person or you are joining us online. I'm the Reverend Nicole Riley, the lead and teaching pastor here at Valencia UMC. And today we are finishing our series on leadership. And I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've heard some things that have helped you think about how you lead in your own life, whether that's leading yourself, or leading in community, and today as we talk about leading in the world. Today we're going to kind of tie it all together as we talk about leading in the world, and we're going to talk about some foundations, which we actually talked about last week, so we're going to look at those, review those a little, and then we're going to look at how Jesus calls us to lead in the world. Now when I say leading in the world, what I mean is that we care about issues in the world, whether that's poverty or the environment, whatever it is for you, that we care and that we get involved. So leading in the world is not just caring about issues, but it's also about making a commitment and getting involved in whatever way that looks like for you. In many ways, when we talk about leadership in the world, it's very similar to what we talked about last week. When we talked about leading in community, some of those same principles apply as we talk about being a leader in the world. And so as we begin, let's start with today's text. And this is a very clear text and a very important one from Luke 12, 48. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, this scripture comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, and oftentimes in Bibles they'll give us a little... Like a little heading about what that chapter is about. And most of the Bibles I had when I looked it up, the little heading is Warnings and Encouragements. Okay? And in this chapter, we hear of the parable of the rich fool. Now, the rich fool is not a very popular parable, (laughs) it's not the Good Samaritan, it's not the prodigal son. It's a good parable, though, because I think it it helps us to look at something about our human nature, something about how most of us or many of us operate in life, and it calls us past that. So the story of the parable of the rich fool is basically this story. A man has many things. He has an abundance of things. He has all he needs. In fact, he has much more than he needs, and his response to this is, is to build some bigger barns so he can put his stuff. So this is, of course, before self-storage was such a big thing, right? They didn't have self-storage then. So he just built some bigger barns. In fact, he says to himself, Oh, this is great. I'm going to just take it easy. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. The punchline of the story, and one of the reasons it's not a super popular parable, is he dies that night. And in fact, his greed comes to nothing. His hoarding, his prosperity, makes no difference for him at all. He's focused on the wrong thing. Jesus puts the problem this way. Jesus says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. I hear in this parable, and also in the reading we heard from Luke's gospel, that there are some important truths for us to take away, some things that are helpful for us to know in leadership. And that is this, that all the things you and I are given, our experiences, our wisdom, our intelligence, our knowledge, they are not to end with us. In fact, they are to be shared, and they are to make life better for other people. I remember a time in my life when I was struggling with a situation that I thought was kind of unique, but then I remembered I had had this friend who had gone through something similar, so I called her. Now, what if, when I called her, she had said, oh, yes, I did learn some stuff, but I'm not going to tell you. Or, I'm just too busy to really take any time to help you with this. Or, you know, I guess we all got to learn for ourselves. That would have been terrible. That would have been devastating. And that's not what she did, just so you know. Our lives and the wisdom we have is meant To be shared. And it's meant to be shared in such a way that it makes our communities, our world, a better place for everyone. The shorthand way to say this is, you have been blessed by your skills, your wisdom, your knowledge, in order to be a blessing. God is counting on us. Last week, we talked about serving in the community and we talked specifically about serving in the church and we focused on four essentials. And I want to look at those again in light of what it means, these four essentials, when we talk about serving in the world. So the first one is this. Leaders ask, can I serve out of a commitment to the mission? So whatever issue you are interested in, uh, poverty, um, pollution, the environment, whatever it is that you are interested in, probably, not all the time, but probably, you will partner with others about this issue. You may even partner with an organization. Um, When you do that, it's important for us to learn what the mission of that organization is, to really understand who they are and what their goals are, to go deeper than the headlines, to understand the mission, so as you get involved, you know what they're really all about. Second, leaders ask, does this place inspire generosity in me? We know that when we get involved in dealing with issues in the world, that it is going to take a lot of time and energy and focus and money And we have to be able to say, I want to be involved in this cause out of a sense of generosity to be part of making a difference in the world. Sometimes we serve out of guilt or out of fear, and those really aren't great motivators long-term. We're called, like Jesus, to serve out of love, to serve out of compassion, to serve out of a desire to make a difference in the world. Third, leaders ask, do I have a spirit that is open to listen and learn? I think every big issue in our world is complicated, hard to grasp initially, takes a long time, and then just when you start to understand how to deal with it, The world can change, situations can change. You have to be someone who's willing to learn and listen. I see this with our own Family Promise in this community. Family Promise is one of our ministry partners. And when the pandemic hit, their old model, which was a model of housing people in churches, wouldn't work anymore. And so they listened and they learned. They started using hotels more. Then a house was donated to them. And this week they moved in a new direction. On Monday of this week, Family Promise of Santa Clarita, along with Williams Homes and Homemade Los Angeles, broke ground for a new facility called Building Hope Our Family Promise. And this will include a resource center and four affordable housing units. The land was donated by the city of Santa Clarita. And you can see some of our church members who were there at the groundbreaking. You may know because uh, earlier this year, the director of Family Promise was here and he shared with us that as a church, we are the number one church that supports them. And over these last 10 years, we have donated over $90,000 to Family Promise. Family Promise cared about the issue of homelessness, and so was willing to listen and learn and adjust how they deal with it so that they can continue to make a huge difference for people. Fourth thing, leaders understand it isn't about them. It's all about God. One of the things about serving in the world that I don't think we talk about enough is that as people of faith, you and I should know that Jesus came to bring God's kingdom to the earth. Jesus, in his coming among us, started a kingdom of justice and righteousness And invited us to continue that work. I mean, many of the issues that matter to us, matter to us because they also matter to God. They're issues of justice, they're issues of freedom, they're issues about people and what people need so that they might live the life that has been won for them in the cross of Jesus. This is why Christians should be involved in issues Now, does that mean we're all gonna think they should be solved in the same way? Heck no, right? You may be passionate about one issue, I may be passionate about the same issue, but we think the response, what should happen, is different. The issue is that whatever you are excited about in the world, whatever you wanna make a difference with in the world, that you bring your faith to it. You bring who you are to it as you seek to address it. That's what makes the difference. Now the alternative, of course, is just to, you know, throw your hands up in the air and say, there's a lot of issues in the world, there's nothing I can do about it. We're called to more. We're called to as people of faith to engage. We're called as people of faith to give our time and our energy and our money to make a difference in the world. So these four principles, I think, are universal principles, whether we talk about serving in the community that we're part of or serving in the world. And as Christian leaders, we're also called to not only look to these principles, but I think also to look to Jesus and to ask ourselves the additional question, how does servant leadership work in this context of serving in the world? couple things. And let's start with our second text, which gives us some great insight into this. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So how do we have the same mindset that was in Christ Jesus, a mindset that was about love and compassion and about bringing God's kingdom to our earth? Well, a couple things we might consider. First, leaders may need an attitude adjustment. Now, I say this because if you've ever worked on a big issue in the world, you may find yourself getting super frustrated. Has that ever happened to you? You want to make a difference about something, and you get involved, and you think, why isn't this making the kind of difference I want? I've been involved with several issues during my life. Um, Homelessness, hunger, mental wellness, and suicide prevention. And in all of these issues, when I've gotten involved and worked on it with people, I have found myself getting frustrated that things didn't change quickly enough. And there was one point where I just thought, well, forget it. I mean, this is a waste of my time. But then a good colleague gave me an attitude adjustment. And she explained how long it really takes And how it really calls us to continue the work year in and year out. Second, leaders get involved in a consistent way. So whatever it is God has placed on your heart, whatever it is that you are interested in making a difference in this world, get involved and do it consistently. Um, I have a friend who is passionate about something I had never even considered. She's passionate about using less single-use plastics. And so she has worked and then shares her resources about how to use less plastic in your homes, which then winds up in landfills. I have another friend who's really passionate about suicide prevention. And she raises a lot of money every year for the suicide prevention walk, which is called Out of the Darkness. However you get involved, it may be small, it may be big, but whatever it is, do it consistently. And then next, if you're not sure what to do, follow the Holy Spirit's leadership. I recognize that for some of us, we may not be aware that we are called to lead in the world, that it's part of what you and I are called to do as Christians. You may not have an issue that you have given time and energy and resources to, but I want you to consider what issue that might be for you. And if you don't know what issue it is, I invite you to follow the Holy Spirit's leadership. Now, how does that look? I find that when I'm thinking about things and I'm thinking, well, that really bugs me, it's like that, or that shouldn't be like that, or that doesn't seem right, or my classic thought is, someone should do something about that, right? that's when the Holy Spirit is whispering to us, you should do something about that. Okay. As we look at the world today, I know it is easy to get overwhelmed. So much needs our attention. So many people are suffering. So many things do not line up with the kingdom that Jesus came to bring us. And you may think, how can I help? I am just one person. I I love this quote. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. So don't give up. Keep working toward the kingdom that Jesus started in his life among us. And don't think that your involvement won't make a difference. Don't turn a blind eye. Don't be busy with time wasters. Instead, give your energy to where God is calling you to care and to lead in the world. Become involved. And let God work through you to create a world that is more in line with where God calls us to be. Over these weeks, we have been talking about leadership and how all of us are called to lead in different ways. Some of us ourselves, some of us in our family, some of us in our community, some of us in the world. I think all of us need to look at these things together, and I hope that over these weeks, you've become more aware of God's call on your life and how God's call for you to lead is bigger than you may have thought. I want to share with you a quote that has helped me since I came into ministry. God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. May you take your next step in leadership. Here at the church, in the community, in your family, in the world, because we are called to lead and to lead like it matters to God. Let us pray.